BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in the 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. Addiction and the journey to sobriety are deeply personal and often challenging experiences that millions of individuals face around the world. However, it is crucial to acknowledge the possibilities of recovery and extend compassion, empathy, and support to those who are struggling with addiction. In this week's episode, I am joined by a special guest who will share her story as depicted in her memoir, Sober Daughter. Together, we will dive into the challenges she encountered on her personal journey following the loss of both of her parents, examining the profound impact that grief and addiction had on her life. We will also explore the different avenues of support she sought during her recovery, highlighting the transformative power of finding help and healing in the face of adversity. 
So to my guests, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. No, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Before we start with your story, let's talk about how alcoholism impacts Black women. In your experience, in what ways has alcoholism impacted Black women? Oh, that's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, minorities in general are disproportionately affected by alcoholism just because it has the, you know, socioeconomic factors, mm-hmm. the poverty factors, the barriers to access of treatment mm-hmm. factors, um, you know, limited healthcare, limited support. Um, it's, it's prevalent everywhere and it's all the numbers are just rising and rising and rising, but especially for black women, you know, historically our connection with healthcare isn't the most supportive right. and, you know, our pain isn't taken as seriously as others. So it's really important that I think black women who have come through the other side are, you know, championing and showing other Black women about sobriety, about recovery, about addiction, and, um, you know, also showing that it's okay to talk about it. It's, you know, it's been taboo. It's been something that's swept under the rug culturally. It's not really talked about. And um, I hope to break all those barriers because, you know, healing is more important than anything. Right. No, I agree. Do you feel like there's been any t- um, differences in the way black women are treated, perceived, compared to other demographic groups when it comes to alcoholism? Oh, yeah. I think black women, especially, I mean, all minority groups usually, you know, even the way that they talk about headlines, you know, if it's mm-hmm. affecting um, a white higher income demographic it's like a pandemic but (laughs) right you know it's an epidemic the opioid crisis is a perfect example exactly they rush in they they captain saver they're taking care of everybody right right and with you know black women or black you know community in general it's just you know it's something that is is looked at as a moral issue or like you know, it can be somehow... She's from the hood, so that's why she's drinking like that. Yeah, it's situational. It's because of her experiences. Like, right. she deserves it. Or when they come into treatment, Black women, you know, if your energy is different than what they're used to, which is like, you know, maybe a, a kid from Iowa, they right. might say, oh, they're aggressive, or they're, you know, mm-hmm. treatment-resistant, or all these things. And it's really just putting more people who represent black women in spaces where we're receiving the care and the help and the support. Right. It's really important. Right. No, I agree. So do you feel like any positive shifts have happened when it comes to the awareness and understanding of alcoholism or you think we still have a long way to go when it comes to women of color? Why are you smiling? (laughs) We, I think we are starting and we've got a long way to go. But I know so many other Black women that mm-hmm. are feel just like me. You know, when we're in spaces in sobriety, we're usually the only Black woman in the room. Yeah, you know? not to jump ahead to your ahead of your story, but when I was like in Utah. Yes. 
I got sent to Utah. Right. I've been to Utah in my life. You're like, where is Utah at? <laughs> exactly. I never even, I was like, snow, all these horses. What is this? Right. Like, you know, other people have it. We should be able to experience it in whatever ways we, you know, what connects to us. But I think that the more people talk about sobriety, mm-hmm. the more people talk about alcoholism, Black women who show, you know, one, that it's okay to talk about it. Two, you can get help. You can recover. And three, like, sobriety is not it's not boring. It's not, you know, a waste of time. It's not impossible. Right. right. Now, tell us about your parents and your childhood. <laughs> um, well, my parents... Um, I have wonderful parents. I really did. Mm-hmm. I had really wonderful parents. My father came from here from Ethiopia. Um, so I am Ethiopian-American first generation here on my father's side. And my mom um, was African-American, also had some other lineage in there. Some I, We don't really know what. I don't right. know. A little Indian, a little this, a little that. <laughs> yeah, a little Indian, a little European, a little something. Right. Um, but we, I mostly, my dad was the big presence. So, like, I grew up in Ethiopian culture and going home to Ethiopia and, like, all these things. So, I identify, you know, as Ethiopian a lot. And um, they were just very tight-knit because mm-hmm. culturally, you know, you, you, you keep everything in the family. And it was just me, my mom, and my dad. I'm an only child. And, um, you know, my dad had left his home country. My mom had left Cleveland, Ohio, and it was just us three. Mm-hmm. And we were just really, really, really tight, like weird. No, y'all was close. Y'all was like the perfect little family. It would, yeah. But, you know, it was, it was really, I, I was sheltered a lot because I just was with them so much. And my parents were activists and they were educators mm-hmm. and they were just big community people. So I grew up in that and um, I just thought, you know, they were just the best things. Do you think it was and, unhealthy that you didn't really? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> not weird. And the only reason why I say unhealthy, because you rely so much on your parents, rightfully so. But like, I always thought that my grandma was never going to transition. I always thought she was going to always be here, but I was just always, I was like addicted to her. Oh, yeah. 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 I was, they, you know, once I got to the other side and started doing like, you know, the therapy and all the work, I learned the big words, but we were enmeshed. Yes. <laughs> we were way too enmeshed. And, um, you know, it was, it was very, very tight and close and, that just kind of set us up for a whole bunch of weird, you know, right? shit for me. Right. So when did you begin to notice that something was wrong with your father? I noticed, um, I think I want to say I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad, my parents were very active in the community, but like it was just us three at home. So he, you know, he would show up and like be this like, personality but then at home he was starting to like have a little less energy and like a limp and like I would start to notice like all of a sudden like this one eye started drooping Mm -hmm. and like all these things and I was like and he always had an an excuse like he was he he had some weird story that the fan was going on too strong (laughs) at night 
and like hit, hit, I don't know what he said, <laughs> but it was a lie. But right. I knew, I knew, I knew he was something was wrong. Something was off. Right. So when did you discover that he had leukemia? Well, that's the weird part too. Is that was very re- weird when I read in the book. I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I didn't write it because I was like, nobody's gonna believe me. Right. Uh, so my dad um actually had been diagnosed years before. So my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. And by the time I found out, the entire Ethiopian community in Los Angeles had already known. And my dad oh. swore everybody to secrecy. They could not tell me. So they were even having blood drives in little Ethiopia in LA and like people at home in Ethiopia, like huge campaigns to try and like save my dad's life. And I had no idea. Oh, wow. I don't think you said that in the book. Didn't I? I don't remember that part. Wow. I'm surprised nobody slipped up and said something to you. That's how everybody's scared of my parents. Nope. Nobody told me. They knew that was his like one thing. He was like, do not tell her. And the way I found out is, you know, he just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And then they just couldn't hide it anymore. And I remember going to my mom and she was, I was like, and that's when I started acting out, you know, like we can bring it back to like, I started acting out because. I knew something was off. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. So I'm just going to act out. And I'm, so I started going out with friends and drinking. Right. And not knowing, you know, I was like, I just need to escape. Like the, the actual whole piece behind alcoholism is escapism. Right. It is, you know, trying to manipulate and leave reality because I can't, I, I, I either can't cope, there's too much trauma, or I just, like, don't want to deal. Right. And um, my mom finally just sat me down and said, you know, you need to look up cures for, for leukemia. And I said, leukemia? What the hell? What the fuck like, is leukemia? Like, what is that? Right. What is, well, who has leukemia? She said, your dad does, and he has, he has about less than a year to live if we don't figure something out. Do you wish that they would have told you that sooner? And if they did, do you think that the trajectory of your life would have been different? I, I, I fight with that all the time. I drank over that all the time. Right. Um, I have no idea. You know, yeah. I'm so mad. I was so mad. But there was, you know, it's like those huge blows you get. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, as also being a black woman and, you know, this only daughter of an Ethiopian father, like I immediately went into this, like, I don't have time to think about that. I got to show up and I got to help. Right. And I got to take on now all this added responsibility and so there were those there were a million things that I never got to process because my my mom was like, we got to, you know, I have to go to right. work. You got to take care of him. And I was like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah. And that's a lot. I'm, we was just talking about this before we started. Uh, and all my listeners know that I took care of my grandmother when she had Alzheimer's and being a caretaker is no fucking joke. <laughs> like 
salute to the people who do that for a living because that's a lot of work to take care of somebody especially when it's a loved one it really is it's nobody talks about it nobody (laughs) nobody talks about how ugly it is how it painful traumatizing traumatizing and you know end of life care is people go to school for that you know they're like I had no idea what I was doing and I ended up, you know, having to hospice my dad and just the memories, just like I had, I, I learned I could turn off a switch Mm -hmm. and just like drink at night to fall asleep and like not remember what I was seeing, you know, like my dad, it was just like body falling apart, you know, helping him to the bathroom, help cleaning the bed, cleaning his body, like everything. And it was just too much. I couldn't, I had nowhere and nobody to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And you also discover your dad when he passed away. Yeah. My dad, he did not make it. He mm-hmm. ended up passing away. And, um, right before you was, turned 19, right before I turned 19. And I was devastated. Yeah. Just, I didn't know how, I didn't know where to put that. And my mom didn't have any tools or, you know, emotional capability to to handle it either. Right. And so we just shut down, the both of us, mm-hmm. you know. Neither one of us, like, really grieved. There was nothing. We were just, like a huge just death piece that's all i knew right i'm curious did did your mom and dad did they drink or did anybody in your family drink like that no no i was thinking that the whole time because i'm like for somebody because like my mom is an alcoholic so yes i'm very like i don't like to indulge too much into like things that because we have a very addictive um bloodline because my dad Mm. is also addicted to drugs so I'm always like skeptical about certain things, but I was thinking to myself like, damn, I wonder if her dad ever drank anything or if your mom or somebody. Mm-mm. No, my parents did not drink. I've never, I think they might have had a margarita before I was born, but I never saw my parents drink. They never drank. And so that's another reason why I know alcoholism can be hereditary. Yeah. It can be genetic. Or it can just be situational. Like, it does not matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I just knew I had all these problems and I didn't know how to solve them. And I just did not want to deal with it. Right. And how did your father's passing affect your mom? Oh, my mom was devastated. Yeah. My mom, they were in love and love, you know. My parents were champions of each other and Mm -hmm. they were just really best friends and she just she I think the way she handled it showed me that's how you handle it and she handled it the only way she knew how to which was she didn't talk about it she just completely shut down Mm -hmm. she stopped taking care of herself she you know only thing was just I feel like she that. just I feel like she just mentally clocked out. She just yeah. She couldn't. She you know, I I know now the mm-hmm. only reason thing that kept her going was me. Yeah. But she 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 pretty much left with my dad. Yeah. When did you start to notice that something was wrong with your mother? 
Well, I'm not gonna lie, your story, and I was reading this at night in the bed. I'm like, no, this book got me too emotional because <laughs> you went through a lot. <laughs> To be so young, like minus the being an alcoholic, but just taking care of your parents, even your mom's situation that we're going to talk about. And just like literally just starting back over. I was like, come on now. If this ain't a professional home girl, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I knew I, that's why I had to write it. Cause I think like, it's too much to tell one person. Yeah. Like nobody's going to believe you if you didn't um, write it. I know. I know. You know, my mom was, she was like never very, very healthy. They were, you know, she was like, give me some uh, soul food and some ham hocks and some macaroni and cheese. And like, she loved to cook and all that stuff. And so she wasn't like a health nut or anything. But because she was in so much grief and Mm -hmm. that she just shut down, like everything stopped. And, you know, I, I started noticing like, she was like, her skin was getting, you know, discolored and she was just like not herself a lot. And, and then, um, you know, she had her first kind of spell and mind you, like this whole time, I'm now picking up the slack from my dad and I'm, li- I'm still living at home right. because culturally for my dad, like I'm, I wasn't allowed to leave the house unless I was married. Right. Right. So I stayed home to take care of my dad and then I still stayed home to take care of my mom. So I'm still in this cycle and I'm like, you know, trying to take care of her, trying to cook healthy things. She don't want it. And then she out of nowhere just like had this um, diabetic uh, mini stroke. And I didn't know what it was. I got so scared and I rushed her to the hospital and found out, you know, that she had this entire time she had um, unmanaged and unchecked diabetes. Do you think she knew? I think she knew. Wow. She hid that from me. Wow. Yo, black parents and they secrets. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. If there's one thing I hope people get from me is like secrets will kill us. They yeah. do kill us because they kept so many secrets. And by the time I could, you know, get a handle on it, it was too far gone. Right. Right. Everything started shutting down one by one. Her Her kidney started going down. Her liver started going down. You know, she couldn't walk anymore. And the thing that just like blew it all out was this lesion that came up on the back. Right. Of her. She was hiding it from you on her foot. And I'm like, how was she even managing that? Because that shit hurts. I know. She hid this gaping hole that was on the back of her Achilles heel. Right. And, and it was just festering and festering. And I rushed her to the emergency room because she she went, she completely passed out. How, did, she, how do you get that? Not to cut you off. It's a sore. If you are if you are unmanaged diabetes for that long, anything that uh, pricks your skin or like causes a potential infection can turn into a diabetic lesion. Wow. And that that lesion just eats away at your entire flesh and then you'll have to be amputated. Wow. 
Wow. And then she had to have surgery. She had to have surgery. I passed out in the hospital room once I saw what it looked like. And they rushed her into surgery and they had to do some crazy bypass and try and redirect her heart artery. It, I, I'm telling you, it was, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's hard to even. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it didn't work. Mm. It didn't work. You know, the, the surgery was okay. It, it, they were able to like not cut off her leg, but she, she made it out of the hospital back to the house for, I think one week. And then she just, everything gave out. Right. And she, can you share with us the days leading up to you being and in, um, being involved in the end of life process with your mom? Cause I wasn't expecting that. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, is this a lot I, for you to tell your story like this? No, 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 no. Okay. Cause I know no. one thing I'm learned, well, I have learned, especially when it comes to having people on the show and they telling like, you know, traumatic things, like it can be a lot. So I always try to be respectful but I do appreciate when my guests are transparent because you just never know who this can help. I know. No, I, I've done a lot of work around it. So, you know, it's just sometimes I don't even remember as yeah. much. So, and then I'm like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so on my final, I tried to get her to the hospital one last time and we were there for, I think, four days or something. And I didn't tell anyone. So on top of my mom and dad keeping secrets, my mom forced me to secrecy. And she mm. told me I couldn't tell anybody, anybody, anybody. Are you all about the NBA action? you got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. Where the road leads you and even where the off-road makes a way to. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination the journey itself, or both. Your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect to your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at Nissan US. USA.com. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. So on top of my mom and dad keeping secrets, my mom forced me to secrecy. And she mm. told me I couldn't tell anybody. But why? Because you couldn't. It's only so much that you can do. I think they thought I was. I showed up, which I think us as black women do a lot, is I never said it was too much. Mm. I never said it was I needed help. and And finally I did in the last moment. But that was like, you know. And and I just kept packing it on, packing it on, right. packing it on. And, um, you know, finally the doctors were just like, there's nothing we can do. And she went into another arrest. And I remember them saying, you know, before they won't 
admit her. They're like, we can't admit her if she's not, if she's not coherent, like she'll need to stay in I, something. And I, and I was like, mom, 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 like shaking her, like say something, say something. And the last words my mom ever uttered, she looked up at me and she said, hey, boo. <laughs> and I was the maddest I've ever been. I was like, she's trying to make jokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, girl, this ain't the time like, to be girl, saying, hey, put, boo. Like, she's putting on a show. I was like, this is serious. <laughs> but it, it was, I mean, it's it all happened so fast. It was like emergencies, doctors, everybody right. rushing, rushing. And then, you know, she crashed and they asked me, you know, can you sign this um, DNR paperwork? I was like, what the fuck is DNR paperwork? Right. And it was to, you know, do not resuscitate. And I was just there by myself. And I remember the nurse putting her hand on me and she was like, you should not be here by yourself. Right. Like, what is going on? And I just, everything kind of blacked out from there. You know, they also don't talk about how long it takes for you to die. Yeah, I learned that new um, when I was reading your book. Cause I'm like, wow, it took a long time for her to transition. Yeah, once they unplug the machines, it's really up to the body. And her spirit was like, nope, we're going to keep going and going and going. And it's the worst sound you've ever heard in your life. What were you thinking? Because for you to be sitting there and like to see your mother transition, like I, I just can't even imagine. Like, were you like aware of what was happening? Or were you just like, what the fuck? I was, I was bawling. Uh, I was in shock. Right. I, I just, I, I really, I really like went somewhere else. Right. And finally some, I don't remember if it was a nurse who took my phone or somebody had called my best friend. And I remember my best friend, um, rushing to the hospital and I just fell on the floor and she took me back to the house. And then as soon as I got back to the house, I got a call from the hospital that she passed. So she was waiting on you to leave. She was waiting for me to leave. Wow. How did this experience with the um, end of life process change your perspective on life, death, and the importance of quality of life? Oh, my God. I love that question. I have not been asked that yet. Okay. Yes. I'm getting my Oprah on. Oh, yeah. Or Carisha, however you want to put it. Come through. <laughs> everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. everything. Um, the fact that I'm alive right now, I mean, I, I have changed everything about my life um, because I just know I was this close to death. I've been a part of death so much. I've right. seen death. I just, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid mm. of it. I do not want to waste my time. I I literally, I, I'm just like, what, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? I don't care. I, I don't care. You know, I, I went through hell. And um, I'm just so grateful that I'm alive. And it took a lot for me to get to this place. Yeah. Not going to easy. But, um, yeah, now I just don't really care about a lot of stuff. Right. Now I'm happy for you. I can tell. I felt that one. Yeah. Do you have any regrets or anything about the situation with your mom, the end of life process? 
No. No? No. I'm just, I'm really grateful that I was able to be there and do everything that I could. Right. And, you know, I had to learn that it wasn't me. I carried for a long time, you know, like I could have saved them somehow. Right. Or could have done better or something like that. And, you know, somebody told me, like, I have spiritual teachers now and, you know, like, I have no control over God's time. No, we don't. I, I, and I have no control. There was, it, there's, I have nothing to do with my parents' timeline. Right. You know, and that, that freed me. And that was just like, okay, you know, it's not my responsibility. I, I, they, I had the time that I had and I, it's now time for me to live my life. And right. A long time to be able to like want to live mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to die with them after right. my mom passed that's when everything fell apart for me right what were some of the physical or health related consequences as a result of drinking alcohol well it got bad for me because when my mom passed all I, I now had this you had a routine of- yeah. Mm-hmm. I now had this pattern of like, oh, I deal with crazy chaos and then I drink to go to sleep or I drink to get through it or I drink to not feel it or I drink to escape. And what kept me kind of going was like I had them to take care of. Right. And so once my mom passed away, I was like, what the hell? Who am I? What do I have to live for? Right. Everything is fucked. Right, right. And the grief... I never felt anything like that in my life. Yeah, grief is a bitch. <laughs> oh my god. They don't tell you. Yeah, grief is different. Oh, I thought I I was going crazy. Yeah. I was I couldn't I couldn't stop crying. And then you were staying in the house that you grew up in with your parents like Yeah. Yeah, I I can only imagine the shit you was probably hearing, seeing, thinking like yes. <laughs> I was in a tomb, girl. <laughs> yes. I was in a tomb. I'm really, I, and I, now that I, you know, people are like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what to do. And I just drank and I drank so much. And I just, you know, I had a habit of like, don't tell people what's wrong. Don't reach out for help. Don't. And I started, I lost so much weight. I, I was now I'm like, completely malnourished. Mm-hmm. I can't eat. I'm just drinking. My brain's starting, everything's starting to collapse. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go like my parents. Right. And I, how would you, I was, oh, go ahead. I was okay with that. You know, I was gonna say, how was you paying for the alcohol? Cause you, you left your job. <laughs> <laughs> it just case. I'm like, where are you getting alcohol from? <laughs> my savings from my, I got a package, you know, when I left. Because I was mm-hmm. I was running a company and I was doing stuff. Um, and, and so I had my little savings, but that was running out. Right. So I was like, well, <laughs> one of us is going to run out first, either the alcohol or me. I right. don't know. And how has alcoholism affected your relationship with your family and friends? Because I'm surprised, like, I'm, did anybody want to come and check up on you? Like, come to the house? Because for you to be in that house by yourself is like, that's crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, they did. Uh, you know how everything starts as like a funeral, like everyone's there. Right. And around, and then it dies down and then they stop, you know, they're like, okay, she's not, you know, she, she got to pick it up. I never picked it up, you know? So they just went off about their life and I was stuck in a, in a time lapse. Right. Um, but they did, they finally, you know, once I got bad enough, I had seizures and the paramedics actually called my friends mm-hmm. and they found out how bad I was and they didn't know how bad it was. And they're the ones that actually pulled together and were like, we don't know what's like, they're like, none of our parents have died. No, we don't know what this is like, but you need help. Yeah. And to when I heard that, like one, it was the validation of like, we don't know what you're going through. Right. And that's really important to tell people because the number one part of guilt is like, we don't know how to explain it. Right. And nobody can compare it. So if you can just sit with someone and just acknowledge how bad it is and just be like, we don't know what you're going through, but we're here for you. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you can, there's this place you can go to that helps. Right. I, I was like, let's go. And I also felt like you just felt a sense of just being overwhelmed and the inability to cope with your circumstances. Like, I feel like it was just, it was a lot. Cause when I was reading it, I was like, wow, this, this is a lot. Like, I'm surprised you didn't tap out sooner. I know. <laughs> I've had comments from the book and they'd be like, I need a drink to finish this book. You know, I'm telling you, I'm like, why am I reading this shit at night? <laughs> I know. It really was. I think a lot of black women, though, can relate. It's, you know, right. this super power, super woman. Showing you know, face. Mindset. Uh-huh. It's like, we're going to crack. Yeah. We are going to crack. And we don't have to. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that you can, like, build in, like, softness and care and, like, all these things and support and I, I I had to find out the hard way. Right. And how long were you in recovery? I was in treatment, treatment. for... Is that the right word? Treatment? Yes. Because we're always in recovery, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was in treatment for nine months. Okay. And nine. did you have any fears or resistance while in treatment? And if so, how did you overcome them? I didn't, only because um, I was so bad. Mm-hmm. I I I knew I knew I was being saved by God. I knew because I was I was out the door on yeah. my own, and somehow I got to fucking Utah. Yeah, Utah is crazy. <laughs> out of all the places, y'all gonna send me to Utah? That's <laughs> that's how I know God exists because my ass could not have got me to Utah. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know how it happened, but. I was just like, I carried that with me. I was like, this is happening for a reason. You know, I was like, because this wasn't designed by me. Like, I'm going to lean into this. And I really wanted help. Yeah. I just really wanted help. I was like, fucking help me. You know? Right. Did you see any black people? Okay, so that's the resistance part. (laughs) (laughs) I kept saying, I was like, where the fuck? Are the black people like, what the fuck? Yeah, where the and, niggas at? 
hello. Right. I got one. I found one. And then I had a little rehab romance. And I was like, that's not supposed to happen. Oh, shit. And what happened to that? That's just, you know, you fall in love fast. You you break up fast because you're not allowed to touch or do anything. Right. So it's all, it feels so high school. Right. Uh, but, you know, there were few and far between. But mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the resentments that I really had was like, I was like, once I'm done, I really want to find, you know, a community. I really want to find more people like me. I really want to, if I don't, I want to be the face or the champion for it because I saw how, you know, disproportionate we are. Right, right. So what were some of the challenges or setbacks you encountered and how did you navigate through them? Oh, early sobriety is full of, it's like, it's like you are a newborn baby. Yeah. And you have to learn everything over again because Mm -hmm. for the majority of us we have used alcohol and drinking as a solution to all of our problems Mm -hmm. and so so navigating anything sober felt really hard like Mm -hmm. everything you know just like daily life like oh I have to listen to you and I can't check out and take a drink right (laughs) (laughs) I got to, you know, show up to this place. I'm anxious. I can't take a drink. Like, make new friends sober, you know, Mm -hmm. date sober. It's just, it's really the most authentic, true way to live. But you need tools and you need skills. You need to learn these things and have them in your pocket. Because most people are checking out some kind of way. and. And not to say that sober people don't, it's just, you know, when you don't use substances, you, you now have to use different tools because that's not an option or a solution anymore. Right. This question just popped in my head. Was the pandemic hard for you? I love the pandemic. <laughs> you, you know why? No, because the pandemic, the pandemic was terrible. It fucked us all up. It was right. Terrible. But, but. The, but. The reason it, I was, I think, a year and some change, or a year or two sober, right. I think. And so you're still like figuring shit out, and right. and and everything is still really, really new. And so the key component of alcoholism is isolation. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's and why I asked that question. Yeah. And so the answer is connection. So mm-hmm. when they told me you don't have to go outside, you don't have to talk to anybody, you don't have to make no plans, you don't have to put in all this effort. I was like, yes. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm staying the fuck home. Right. Um, but then God is hilarious. And I actually that only lasted for like the first few months. And then I ended up working all through pandemic on the front line. <laughs> in treatment, helping, mm. you know, helping people get sober through the pandemic. God was like, ah, 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 get yep. your ass up. <laughs> yes, literally. I said, who are you playing? Get the fuck up. Right, right. So what role did therapy or counseling play in your recovery journey? Oh, it's everything. It's yeah. Everything. You know, I as a Black woman, I'd never had therapy. I never thought it was... I didn't, I thought it was like some woo-woo shit, you know, like uh, rich people do. Right. Uh, or what crazy people do. Right. 
Yeah. And I was like, but if you find somebody that you can build this, a trust with, a relationship with, it is so clutch Mm -hmm. because our friends and our family are not our best sounding board. Yeah. Usually for advice of how to navigate our life. And I had to find that out because I didn't have my parents anymore. Yeah. So I had to You build, had no choice. I had no choice. I had to build a relationship with somebody that I trusted that can help me like direct and figure out all the things. And I learned so many, you know, techniques and modalities and things about me, you know, that I just have to be really mindful of that I you know, I can go into old behaviors or I can sabotage myself and I have an awareness of who I am now. Right. Oh, you know, that like I can kind of maneuver through the world and I know like, oh, okay, you know, we're not going to take this old path or we're not going to hold on to that old behavior that doesn't serve us. And that's all through therapy and sobriety. Yeah. And what are some of the most valuable lessons you have learned about yourself during your process of recovery? Um, I think that we are so resilient. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite thing is seeing people who have been counted the fuck out Facts. From, from addiction. Like you're like, there's no way like he's that person's going to die you know, mm-hmm. count him out, like all right. these things. And they put together some time and they rebuild their life and they, you know, clean up and clean, you know, make amends to people and show up as a different person. And you're like, what the? You're like, yeah. God is God so is real. Good and real. Like yeah. that's um, um if you can want facts about God being real, like the people on the street that you are I've seen people on Skid Row. Yeah. That you're like, that you're like, ain't no fucking way. Yeah. Ain't no way. <laughs> and they and they make a full recovery. Yeah. You know? That's why you can't tell me God ain't real, man. Cause I've seen it with my own eyes. I be seeing some people and I'm like, wow. Like I have no words. Yep. Yeah, people change. I mean, if you if you are willing. Mm-hmm. to change the behaviors and, and, you know, actions and thoughts of who you thought you were supposed to be. Right. And you change into a person that is someone who's useful and purposeful and helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like watching miracles. Yeah. So wait, so how long have you been sober? It's going to be on about five years coming up on five oh, years. Yay. Okay. I see you. Come on, sis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How do you manage the various triggers or the temptations that might come along on your process or just on your journey? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every single one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. 
Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. How do you manage the various triggers or the temptations that might come along on your process or just on your journey? Um, I have a really strong recovery program. Mm -hmm. Um, I am part of a group. I'm part of a community. I attend, you know, weekly commitments to my recovery. I help other women in my recovery. Um, And I'm around a lot of people who are on the same path. Yeah. So it's when I stay in the middle of that, like, I really don't even notice that anything's different. I'm just like, this is how I am. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I'm in situations that are like, I don't know, I I mean, it doesn't, I don't even notice it anymore. You know, I have friends that drink. I have, everybody's going to be around family that's, you know, that wild, crazy uncle. Right. (laughs) They like to get lit. (laughs) Yeah. It talks out of their neck being a little crazy. Right. You just, I just use the tools that I learned in recovery. You know, it's just like stay in my lane, mm-hmm. keep my side of the street clean, see if I can be helpful, and go the fuck home. If right. I, that's it. Right. That's it. What advice or encouragement would you offer to someone who is considering or just starting their own journey of recovery or sobriety? Don't do it alone. Yeah. Shout out to your friends, man. Because Drew? Yes. Talk about <laughs> big Drew. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm talking about, Drew. Because community is everything, man. I'm telling you that he... God bless him. God bless him. It's the friends that, you know, really are invested in you being well. Yeah. Not you being sick and like your worst version of yourself, you know? And I think those are the people we need to surround yourself with. It's like they are people who don't care about the bullshit, but they're like, how are you? Like, how are you doing? And like, let's kiki, like, let's talk about like how our vision, our love, like they value you. They see you. Right. That's also what I learned. You know, I learned that I'm I'm good. Um, I don't need all the the extra stuff. Right. I mean, it's nice, but. Right. <laughs> but you need people to be around you that care about you and only you, not what you do, not who you are to everybody else, just you. Yep. Yeah. I'm just curious, what did grief teach you about yourself? Oh, that I'm very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I wanted to put on like, a lot of times I want to put on this like tough face or like all these things, but I'm really sensitive and, you know, I care a lot and, um, you know, I didn't give myself grace. I was really hard on myself. I'm very, I was very self-critical. Mm-hmm. I was comparing myself to other people like, well, they had somebody and they are now okay. Why aren't right. I okay? Right. And I just, I really learned to just like stay in my own lane. Like my experience is my experience. If it's going to take a year, it's going to take a year. If I bounce, who knows, you know? And I think that gave me grace in all areas of my life to just like 
be kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. And like, whatever it is, I'll be okay. Right, right. I know earlier you mentioned that you were angry. Were you angry at your parents for leaving? And if so, did you forgive them? Oh, girl. You got to no. need a couch for next one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know that feeling because I was angry when my grandmother left me. I was angry at God, too. So I know yeah. I know that feeling. I didn't get, you know, I think they say like the grief has the, the different areas, you know, that we yeah. go into the denial, the acceptance, the anger. Anger was the last for me because I think I a lot of women identified this with me, too, is we repress our anger. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to feel anger or because we don't know how to voice it or use it or whatever. And so it was the hardest for me to tap into. Um, But yeah, I finally got into like, why, you know, like, why did you not take care of yourselves or why did you leave me? And I had, you know, another thing they don't tell you about is like, it's a lot of work for people to die. Yeah. Cost a lot of money. Yeah, you you was in a lot of debt. I was (laughs) just it's five years later. I just finished with the IRS. Like, yeah. The the paperwork, the paying for the coffin, the cremation, the body. Death is expensive. (laughs) It's expensive. (laughs) So that's where my anger was. I was like, how did y'all not have all your shit together? Yeah. No offense. I'm like, make sure no matter how old you are, have a will, have a trust, have all your shit together because it's not fair to leave to other people. Mm, facts. And last but not least, looking back, is there anything you will have done differently throughout your journey? Oh, no. You know, they say it was exactly what it was supposed to be like so that I could be right here. Right. Right. No, because I would probably fuck it up even worse if you let me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's a fact. Yeah. If you could draw, I'd probably be worse. Off. Right. I would have really been in some shit. <laughs> I wouldn't be on this show. Right. Right. Yo, I think this was an amazing conversation. I so appreciate you. I feel like this conversation is definitely going to resonate with a lot of people. Because we all have some battle that we're going through. So just to hear your story and to read your book was just, it was a beautiful journey to be a part of. So I thank you so much. Thank you so much. I loved being on your show. And you are powerful too. Thank you. I love, you know, your questions and your energy. And this was so great. I was so happy to be a part of this. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Listen, y'all, we were just saying before we started, we were tired. (laughs) I'm like, nope, we're going to have a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) If y'all have any questions, comments, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at thephdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone, later. You going to say bye? Oh, bye. (laughs) (laughs) The Professional Homegirl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. 
Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process with superior materials craftsmanship best in class warranty morton buildings are made to last for generations at morton the difference is in the details from their cutting edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field they are dedicated to surpassing expectations their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years and morton buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 